Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Pink Pill. I am your host, Jamie Lynn, and I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. John Orlando, the big man on campus. <laughs> hello, welcome. hello. Welcome, John. Love the theme song. That made me want Thanks. to pop a pill. I don't know about <laughs> a pink pill, but oh my God. That... I really was trying to like have the Vegas vibes. Yeah, you, know? you did it. I was really, well, I've got to give Amber a credit for that, because I think yeah. you're the one that came up with the song, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. She yeah. was putting it. She was putting in work. I was like, I really want to go Vegas, and I want it to be slightly unprofessional. I like. It was good. It was good. <laughs> Hence my logo. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I don't even know. So I grew up in Cali, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, but I grew up in Fresno. Are you familiar with that? Of course. Yeah. Vanessa's okay. from Modesto, so. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's like we're like neighbors pretty much. That's why now I get it. Cause it's, it's like nice girls. Like yeah. LA is full of crap mostly. Yeah. But there's nice girls up. Well, go. there's nice there's nice girls, but I think yeah. it's like you have this like balance, right? Where mm -hmm. it, like it was so funny because I'm actually just getting back from. Um, I was in. Uh, you were on a world tour. Uh, I was oh, in Atlanta, okay. and um, I was there for a podcast, and they were really? talking. Yeah, so it was a. Have you heard of Hardly Initiated at all? No, not slightly, yet. slightly red pilly. Okay, little, little bit, and that was really interesting. Because I kind of got blindsided by some of the stuff. Because you they didn't were. know? Well, originally I was supposed to go on there to talk about narcissism. Right. Um, but then they kind of threw me for a loop on some of them. Mm. And I was like, I wonder if I can bring that up today. You know? And I was like, let me get John's opinion on some of those Ooh, things. So, okay. I, I don't hear. know. Yeah. yeah. I was like, so, you know, I was there to kind of talk about narcissism. But they brought up, you know, I keep, when I was kind of reading some of the comments, I was kind of surprised because the the two moderators were like, well, there aren't any good girls out there that basically like look hot kind of. That's what they, that's what some of them imply. They're like, well, where are they? They're not in the clubs. They're not in this. And I was like, they are. Right. They, they're actually everywhere. They're everywhere. Of course. Right. right. Why, why do you think they can't find good girls? I don't know. I don't understand anyone that complains about their geographic location as a barrier to finding good mm. people. I just don't get it. I get it. You know, uh, some places it might be different compared to others. Like, I, I you know, Miami's certainly going to be different than Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, <laughs> I get it. But there's still, you're going to find, there's also more people to choose from in Miami. So that it balances out. I feel like it balances out and it just... It depends what bubble you're in. If you're in a bubble, like if you work in nightlife, you know, like a lot of people that work in nightlife, oh, I hate Vegas, can't meet anyone, everything's transient or whatever. Like, I get it, but you're working in nightlife. So that yeah. doesn't mean all the people in nightlife are not quality. I'm just saying... I get it. Like you're on a you're on a specific schedule. You're seeing in many cases people at their worst, yeah. right? Or people, you know, it's like if if you work in a strip club or something, or you know, if you're if you're a a dancer, like of course you're seeing usually you're seeing guys at their worst, right? In most cases, they're in Vegas, strike one mm -hmm. uh, in your in, in your head, <laughs> sure. right? They're Vegas, strike one. They're drinking and maybe doing drugs, strike two and three, uh, and they're in a strip club and they probably have a wedding ring on. Like I get it. Like okay, it is what it is, but that doesn't mean. Uh, all guys are bad, and then doesn't mean all guys in a strip club are bad. See, I totally agree with you. I felt like that was, and this is kind of like what I kind of came back with them with, is I felt like that was more about their own uh, lens, seeing things through totally. their lens, and then making a generalization right. based on some painful experiences that they've had. And I was like, your picker is off. Right. And, you know, I think that sometimes when you don't heal from things like that, you're going to think everybody's that way. And how would you be able to recognize, how would they even be able to recognize a good girl if they're walking into a dating situation jaded? Right. Like, how would that even be possible? You have to have some level of openness, wouldn't right. you say? Yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, when people, you know, 
there's so many people that they're on like these on the dating sites like Tinder and Bubble, and I was yeah. too back in the day. I get yeah. I get it. But it's like when you're on those and you meet someone, if you're still on those apps, yeah, good luck getting to the next level with whoever you just started trying to date or whatever that you met on that app. Why, why do you say that? Because you're still going to be swiping. Like when I met yeah. Vanessa, like I made a joke, but I think she thought I was kidding, but I, I asked her was the truth. The night I met Vanessa, I deleted Tinder and Bubble. I because love, John, I love what you're saying right now. How are you going to get, how are you going to get there? Yes. If, if you're still swiping, man, let me tell you something about what you just said, because, okay, nobody has to like, I think you're incredibly humble, John, but you're a high value man. Okay. You're, you're, you're the kind of guy you're like the alpha male, but you would never lead with that. Right. Cause you know, alphas don't really have to, but what you're saying is, is part of what I try to touch on when we talk about love, dating and relationships. And it really combats some of this toxic masculinity. I, 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 I just kind of did a show a couple weeks ago where I was like, you know what guys know. And when they know they're willing to make those changes, let right. me, let me give you a quick example. So one of my Clients, okay, caught her dude liking a bunch of like photos on Instagram or something like that. And she asked him to stop and he said no. I love that. And I actually think that's okay. I'm curious what I, your thoughts are on this. That he said no? I think it's I'm okay that gonna... he said no. And I think it's okay that he's liking photos, de depending maybe on what he's doing. I mean, I maybe shouldn't make a blanket statement because I mean, I like a fuck ton of photos, okay. but I'm also, I'm, you know, what business am I in? I yeah. need guests on podcasts. Yeah. I need people to want to start a podcast. <laughs> I need people to help me promote podcasts. So you better believe I'm fucking liking and commenting okay, but, so fish where the fish are. Okay. Fair, right? fair enough. So let me give you a bit of history Okay. because okay? we're coming from different places. Okay. okay. This was somebody that he had cheated on her with. Oh, all right. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Context. And there had yeah. been, context there, is yeah, everything. So I guess that's, what, yeah, that's not and there work. had been, there had been prior infidelity, um, in the relationship as well. And so they were in a stage in their relationship where they were building trust. And this was one of the things that she was asking him to do. And he said, no, no, I, yeah. I, okay. I, what do you I think retract about that? my statement. No, <laughs> he should have. Yeah. I, I should have gotten more context from you. See, I don't think he's that serious about her. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to like why. So here, here I'll give you this example. Like Vanessa's really fucking cool. We don't, yeah. we don't, we really don't fight. I yeah. mean, in our fights, I think I may have told you this before. Like our fights uh, would sound like me saying, "My God, no, it's not too much cleavage." Yes, you can post that on Instagram. Like that's what our fucking fights sound like. Okay, um, I love right? that. Like, you, honey, like you have to put exaggerate your ass up on that pose. See, but like, John, like, but I'm like nuts. <laughs> no, I, see, I don't actually think you are nuts because my boyfriend does the same thing. Yeah, actually, he loves it. Yeah. In fact, like he says, don't wear the nipple coverings if I go out. He's like, right. I, no, I don't I want the same you thing. to. I say the same right, thing. Like I get he, shot down, but I say the same thing. <laughs> I know. You're trying yeah. to put them on, actually. Yeah. You know, I'm like, don't wear the nipple coverings and hope it's really cold in the casino. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm coming from. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know, you're dating a stud. I mean, that guy's like perfect. He looks like a statue. I, I mean, know. he's. It's funny. L Liam, when I met him here not yeah. long ago, maybe right yeah. before you went to Australia, mm -hmm. um, like Instagram doesn't do him justice. <laughs> like photos don't. Do, he's jack. I mean, obviously, I he looks big and he looks perfect in photos, but like. He's fucking tall and like he's like holy shit like if if you were to to create a superhero yeah. in real life 
It's Liam. It's crazy that somebody can like look that way. It's crazy. Human, right. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like you like walk to the door fair. and it's like a guy. You're like, fuck you. But it was like, <laughs> I love it. You know? Like, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like not fair. But I love it. Yeah. But, but sorry. What, what I was going to say is, so like Vanessa's really cool. And, yeah. and like, you know, I have a lot of friends that come in from LA and New York or whatever. And, you know, when you live in Vegas, there's someone here every week. And I'm not like really a club guy. I never was a club guy. I don't drink. I never really drank. Like I might have had a one year where I did like take little fun little pills uh, and go out to club and stuff sure. but other than that that's a that's 20 years ago already yeah. um and uh she's really cool and like i'll have people come into town and you know we go to dinner we go gamble and then the next step for them is either excess or omnia or strip club mm -hmm. and you know sometimes they'll bring it up like in front of her or whatever and they'll say you know she'll be like go ahead you can go like go ahead go and i'm like no i'm, I'm like i'll get you guys all set up over there but i'm not going like for what like it's like it's cool that she'll say go, but why do it? Like what, yeah. what I'm not, it's like, I'm not going in there to get dances. I'm not going like, what's the fucking point? It's because like, you're in love. Like that's, why do it? Right. You're not going to get anything out of it. And like, that's an important part of like this perspective that you don't hear that I think from men is it's like, it's not as desirable when you have something like Vanessa, right? Or you right. have something that that is uh, that has substance, right? Or there's actually like an emotional bond and connection. These things are not so desirable. Right. Like you're willing to kind of put those boundaries and it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Right. right. So like with Instagram, like mm -hmm. in this case of this guy you're talking about, like why? why? Why put her through? Like if it makes her uncomfortable and it's bothering her, like why do you want to bother her? Like I, I never want to do something that bothers. It's one thing if you do something you don't know, but then once it's brought to your attention, hey, like... This isn't cool. Yeah. Shut it down. I agree. But like that tells me that he's willing to risk it. Right. That tells me how important she is. Like he's willing, like he's willing to risk that. That says something about how he's viewing you. And if he's willing to lose you, why are you sticking around yeah. if you're not that important to him? Or he's just not ready or he's not taking the relationship seriously. Right. And that, that's not the hill to die on. Like Absolutely liking not. photos on Instagram. Like, no. dude, there's like, just skip it. You know, I saw like right before I came here, actually, I was watching, I was watching some red pill stuff because I just can't get away from it. Yeah. My Instagram's now flooded with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I saw this, this, uh, she's a psychologist and I saw her talking about Instagram and I just did a show on Instagram and she was like, you know, girls that post sexy photos are doing that just because something is typically lacking in their relationship or they're not being fulfilled or they're trying to get some needs met. And I can understand kind of where she's coming from with yeah. that. But I'm also like, that's not completely true either. Nope. Not everybody is posting because they're unhappy in their relationship. Liam loves it when I post shit like right. that. Loves it. Yeah. You like it too. Love it. You're trying to get the right angles. Yeah. 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 Why do you think they're leaving that out? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand the whole, um, that stigma of like posting on Instagram or even be on OnlyFans. And I know when you were on Action Junkies on the 24 hour with, and we yeah. had Kendra Lust on we went toe -to -toe Zoom, we kind of went toe to toe <laughs> on the, and uh, like with, um, you know, girls like in the industry or whatever. And I, I kind of differ from you on that. I mean, I see your points. You're probably right, but I see it differently, <laughs> but I'm, you know, you're probably right at the end of the day. I'm a guy. So probably, you know, like, like, uh, would you say like all girls that are strippers, something's wrong? Not at all. No. Okay. Okay. No, not at all. See, I, I was coming from the perspective of choice, actually, when I was talking about that. And I was talking about what influences behavior. Got it. See, some people can choose that. But if, if it, but I would say in most situations, 
it's not actually that. In most situations... Agreed. Okay. In most situations, it's more of a survival. I need to get... I need to right. take care of myself. In a jam, in a bind, back it, something against the wall. This yeah. is an easy fix for the problem. And then and then it's it or starts have, off as temporary and then it becomes a career... And then it becomes dysfunctional guys yes. and dysfunctional lifestyle yeah. and drinking to cope with it and drugs to cope with it. Exactly. And, right. and then, it, and I then get it's it. kind of like a downward spiral. So I was just trying to kind of create some more empathy actually around that because I think people are very judgmental and critical about women in the industry. And it's yeah. so interesting because if she, I didn't feel like, like she really heard kind of what I was saying fully in that episode. And I was like, I'm, I'm rooting for you, girl. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think she felt maybe attacked a little bit. Right. Probably. Or, yeah. Yeah. Pro- pro- yeah. Probably. Which is, which is so interesting because they're usually my biggest critics. Right. You know, but yeah. yet everything I'm saying is actually to help benefit them. Yeah. Even the posting on Instagram thing, like, I don't understand like what the big deal, like it's so, I know so many guys that I'm friends with that met their girl by sliding into the DM yeah. off of a sexy photo on Instagram Start dating the girl and then want to shut Instagram down. Right. Why is that? Like, I don't know, man. It's I don't kinda get like, it. It's kind of like, it's like a double bind for the woman because it's like you're encouraged to be sexy. You're supposed to like attract people right. by using that. And yet right. it's like, shut it down. Don't You're never allowed to express or explore that part of yourself ever again. And so you kind of get encouraged to be sexual and you're encouraged to be sexualized by men and then as soon as you do or you're in a committed relationship well now you have to completely turn off your sexuality right that's like a that's a lose like that's yeah. a really because you're asking them to change yeah but it's also like an unfair standards like we don't really tend to have those kinds of standards for men you right. know but i'll tell you this though like if 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 I ever posted something that made Liam feel uncomfortable, I would take it down. Like no questions That's asked. That's fair. I wouldn't really like because my rela- I would value the relationship more than it's I would the same value. thing as liking photos. Like, yeah, right, right. Same same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, one of the other arguments that kind of came up that I thought was really interesting is they again it's it's kind of the same thing, but they're talking about what women wear. And we kind of got into a bit of a heated debate about um, they're saying, well, we want women should really dress more modestly if you want to avoid unwanted male attention. And I was like, I don't believe in policing women to control a person's behavior. And they're like, well, it's for your protection. And I was like, that doesn't matter. I agree. And I also I think that's bullshit. I don't think it will solve the problem. I think if you're if this is pretty. You can be wearing baggy sweats and whatever, and you can go to Smith's and get hit on. You can go to 7-Eleven. You can be pumping gas. It doesn't fucking matter. They're coming. (laughs) You know what I I told them? I said, you know what attracts the most attention for a woman? Regardless, like like more than what she wears or more than what she looks like or who she talks to, it's if she smiles at you. A hundred percent. That right there will get you the most attention and that right there will invite the most unwanted sexual attention. But that's not very popular to talk about. I used to say many years ago, here's all a guy needs Mm -hmm. to think a girl is attracted to him. Okay. I'm going to, let's see where I'm here. Okay. So, so, but, but watch, watch me. Here's, uh, here's all we need. So I'm the girl, you're the guy. Here's all we need (laughs) to think you're attracted to us. No, but you have to look at me. Okay. Okay. That's it. 
So just a eye contact. A tenth of a second okay. of eye contact. You could have been what? looking at a dog crossing the John, street. John, what goes through a guy's head? Really, break that down. For I don't me. know. I don't know. We can't help it. I don't know. Wishful thinking is what goes through our head. Is it just projection? I don't know. Because I think that like if the guy, I, if the guy, like the way the brain works is like if I like somebody, you're going to look for that, like that confirmation bias. Yeah. We're, we're just animals. <laughs> we're just physically charged. You know, we just are, you guys are emotionally charged. We're physically charged and we're looking for what's the one, what is the one sign? What's then we, you know, it's like that old thing. You see what you want to see. Yeah. And we see what we want to see. We want you to be interested, you know? And, and I, I think that that's, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Right. I, cause I do think that we're made very differently and we kind of have to know those things about each other if we're going to be able to interact and date and whatever and have healthy right. relationships. But when you start when you start making the shift that you need to change something in order to uh, to try to control a person. It's no good. That to me is not healthy. Like we don't our no. laws don't operate that way. Like yeah. that doesn't happen, you know? And also, like most sexual assault or unwanted sexual advances have nothing to do with the way you look. It has to do about power or control or right. opportunity. Yeah. You know? And so those, again, are arguments that I feel are really left out. So I definitely kind of got in a battle with them over that. And they just I just don't think it registered, which was so frustrating for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not cool to just say like, oh, if you're so if you're in a bikini and you're at a pool at, at Encore Beach Club or something, that means all of a sudden it's open season on you because you're yeah. in a bikini or you're in exactly. something sexy or you wear something sexy to the gym. Like it's not. I don't think everything. Like, why? Why is there so much discussion around what women wear? Why is that even a thing? Why does that, why is that even part of the argument, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. There's, there's a, there's a group of guys, there's a food group of guys that they just love the blame game and they love to just throw rocks, right? They just want to, oh, well, what was she wearing? Oh, what was she doing? Or, you know, if you're going to post sexy photos, then you get better get ready for the comments. Like, yeah. no, like it's not. You know, I had some, I went through some of the comments after the video got posted and <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually did have a lot of support, but there, a few of them stuck out to me and some people really couldn't get past what I was wearing. And right. I wasn't wearing anything crazy. I was wearing something pretty similar to this actually. Right. And I really started thinking like, you know, you're not interested in what I have to say at all. And there's a real double standard there because that's that's me being like that to me as some form of discrimination. And what they're going to say is, well, you're asking for it. Well, what if you can't look past what I'm saying because of my skin color? Right. Like it's the same it's thing, the same but thing. we don't weigh it the same yeah. way. And also same shirt, but you're an A cup. Yeah. There's no fucking yeah, problem. No one has a problem with it. It's true. Same and outfit, but you're an A cup. That's now a really what? good point. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think guys like this, I, like I'm just so, I think I'm just very frustrated with the language and all the rhetoric that I'm hearing about this. And it's a hard position to defend. You know, I feel kind of alone on an island sometimes because yeah. I'll have a lot of women slide into my DMs saying, get them, girl, go for yeah, it, yeah. go for it. But I try to have them on here and it's like crickets. Yeah, because they don't want the backlash, right? Exactly. And yeah. that to me, again, it's like politics. <laughs> it's, like, it's the same thing. <laughs> that, that to me says something too. That to me says uh, that there's fear and intimidation. Yeah. You know, it's saying don't speak up, be quiet. Right. You know, which is part of the problem. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it's 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 a weird dynamic how people love to stereotype and put different women based on your occupation, based on what you wear, into these 
buckets, right? Yeah. It's like you can end up in the whore bucket for some reason for so fast. for based on what you're, you know, there's so many people that believe, oh, all bottle service girls are whores. I know. It's crazy. It's I crazy know. talk. Like, like why? Like, why would you, even strippers, like it's probably the opposite. I feel like you have to, like the, the reason people do that is they have to devalue them and it's a way that they're feeling better about themselves. I feel like when you make those kinds of judgments, um, you're not really interested in getting to know a person or, or going into it openly. Right. You're making really fast assumptions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, people do it with Vanessa, like people, you know, people that, uh, like girls that I've known for a long time, like, you know, 20 years, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they see when I first started seeing her, you know, whatever, they're like, Oh, what does she do? Like, oh, she works at Republic. Oh, it's like from women. Oh, I feel like women are really like older women, like like yeah. the older women, you know, like yeah. women my age, whatever. I'm sure there's women in their 20s, too. That would be like, oh, really? Like, I feel like that's probably coming from a place of like more jealousy for sure than anything. Right. Like, because I think most women, given the opportunity, probably would do something like right. that. Or you make more than you'd it. make in corporate America. You do working three yeah. days a week, eight months a year. Like, yeah. sign me up. <laughs> like, <laughs> do they? Yeah, I can, you know? I can see that. Yeah, I had a I had another some this conversation also took like a really weird turn that I was not expecting. Yeah. And they brought up plastic surgery and they even asked me, they're like, well, what work have you done? And I was like, well, obviously, like, right. That's pretty obvious. But right. Like they started saying, you know, do you think women that have plastic surgery are like insecure and trying to heal a wound? And I kind of I went I kind of went down a tangent with this. But like, what are your thoughts about plastic? surgery? Sometimes yeah. they're trying to do that. And yeah. sometimes they're not. Right. It's the same. With, it's like every it's that's my problem yeah. with the red pill stuff. Right. It's, it's like it, they're like I think I told you this offline. Like it's like conspiracy uh, theorists. Yeah. Right. Um, sometimes they'll, I have friends that like they're deep. Like I have. I legit have some friends that think the earth is flat. I legit have some friends that think everything is a conspiracy, everything. And I get it. Sometimes it does exist, but then like they'll make some really good points in a conversation that makes me think. And then they'll be like, and Hillary Clinton's eating babies. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm you out. Me. Like you, you had me, you had me on the boat. Uh, you had me on the boat. And then you, I fell off the fucking hook. Once you fucking told me Hillary Clinton and Tom Hanks are eating babies. Like I'm, I'm out. Like I can't, I don't know. It's like, they just take it too far. I, I think, think it's, I think one of the problems that I see them do is they do this black or white thing. It's right. either all this, all 100%. that. hundred percent. That's where they fall short. Right. It's not, that's not the way the right. world works. And it's like, yes, there are certain bottle service work girls that work in bottle service that are all about the money yeah. and they just want to meet a rich guy and they want to meet someone famous. And sure, of course. But then there's also Vanessa yeah. and there's like that in anything. Mm -hmm. Right. There's female doctors that are probably crazy, wild, sexual deviants. Yeah. And then ones that are just like you would expect a doctor to be like, it's just it. it we're all different. It's, we, it's, why do you think we have to try to put people in boxes? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a and I feel like it's, you know, maybe just social media exposes it. and It's always yeah. existed. It's like, um, oh, well, if you're a professional, you can't show cleavage. And it's right. like, why not? Right. Why, why not? Why can't I? Right. You know? Yeah. Why That's why I love Dana White so much. I'm curious what you, you know, I don't even want to open up a whole Dana White box. Oh, but let's based do on, it. Let's on, go on, there. But, but like, you know, Dana was like the first, like, so he's a president of a, I think, well, they sold for 4 billion, but I think now they're valued at like eight Jesus. to 10 billion. So he's the president of arguably one of the, you know, biggest companies in sports with the UFC. 
Um, and in a press conference, and he's been doing this for years, he will drop F-bomb after F-bomb after F-bomb. This is still a president of a company, of a major, of a you know company that's sold for $4 billion. Mm-hmm. I love it that he's like that. I yeah. love it that he's just that real and authentic. But if he's able to get away with it because he's the president of the UFC and it's fighting and it's like he's able. But if the president of Apple did that in a press conference, they would cancel him. I know. Why? I know, like I like I get so frustrated by this too because I feel like I'm up against a little bit of that, maybe not to the same degree, but they're like, oh, well, you cuss, you're not professional, I'm not listening to you, I'm not listening to you because of what you wear. When I hear things like that, I'm like, well, you're not interested in anything that I have to say anyway. Like if that's if that's all it takes to lose your interest, you're really not somebody that's that's searching for any truth. Right. You're just judgmental and critical. Yeah. And you know, and you're not open to anything. But it is very frustrating to think like, why do I and and you know, one of, one of the guys here said to me before I went on today, because I was kind of sharing the story with him, he was like, why didn't you just wear a hoodie? And I was like, you know what? I thought about it because I really could have, I could have eased some of the pressure off because I, I knew it was, I knew it was going to come up how I'm dressed. And I was literally just wearing a tank top that showed a little bit of cleavage and jeans. Yeah. I don't think it's that outrageous. Right. You know, every girls have boobs. Yeah. All right. And, and I was like, you know what? This is who I am. Right. And this is this is this is what I look like, and this is how I like to dress, and I also cuss, yeah. but I also know what I'm talking about. Right. And it's like, why can't you have that all? Like, why do we have to conform to? Well, this is what a professional looks like, and this is how women right. should be. And it's like, let's open like. It's just words. I just feel yeah. like it's, you're trying to be controlling when yeah. you do that, and it's like I don't want to be controlled. Yeah. I want freedom. Right. And like, you're trying to fit people into a box that you want them to fit in that you're comfortable with. Right. Like, what about the way? Why is the way a woman dresses making people so uncomfortable? Yeah. It's weird to me. Yeah. I don't even know why we're talking about that. There was I, a girl that got thrown off of a flight. Like maybe it's happened a few times in the last few years, but like specifically, I want to say six or seven months ago. I don't. I, I wish I could think of the exact circumstance in the flight but what she was wearing was not a big deal i was like really like yeah. wasn't a big deal i mean sure a little top heavy whatever but like what do you want her to wear like it's summer it's like what what should she be in a turtleneck like what do you want like, her to do well you're getting punished for having for being attractive yeah it, like that that's really sad like if a guy's really good looking do we like punish them we, right. we, we don't, but because a woman's assets might be a little bit more obvious, you tend to see more like negativity associated with that. But it's like, it's fine to flaunt it when it works for you. Right. But it's like on an airplane, I guess you can't, but in a yeah. strip club, it's fine. Right, right. So double standards. Yeah. Yeah. But with surgery, like, I think it's just do whatever makes you feel comfortable. I, yeah. I think it's good to be aware. Like, am I, you know, I do think that you could get obsessed with certain things. Like, I, I, you know, I went and got Botox for the first time, like last, uh, yeah. maybe last December or something like that. Did and, you go um, to Chris or? No, I went to Dr. Leslie, who she does a show here. Do you know Dr. Oh, Leslie? Oh, I don't think I do know her. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might oh, have to hit yeah, her you up. Should, you, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm due again. Uh, but like from doing that, I did see like, uh, first I saw the improvement and then I was like, fuck, I, I have like kind of like old man spots where I'm getting them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I need that to go away and I need this, I need that. Like I could see where you could kind of like get obsessed with it or maybe obsessed is too harsh of a word, but like. But at the end of the day, it's just trying to make yourself better, right? It's not hurting anyone as long as it's yeah. not unhealthy. I, but I guess then who decides 
where is where is it unhealthy because you might be too close to it right so you maybe you can't look and that's where you gotta hope that your friends like can fucking set you straight right i agree like i i had kind of a very similar response to that because i wasn't all for it and i wasn't against it like i think do what makes you feel good obviously like if you're using that as a cope to heal trauma or some big emotional wounds probably not gonna work you probably want to get some deeper work there but like I don't think that there's, I think plastic surgery can also be healing. And I brought up a hundred percent people with low self-esteem, it really, a new it set really, of tits just might set them free. You know, right. One of my girlfriends just had some work done. She's like, you know what? I really do feel better. And I was like, great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like what's and wrong with not, that? And it's not some deep psychological trauma. It's like, that's kind of like she needed a little pick me up and she feels better. Like, right. so what's wrong with that? Right. What's wrong you know? with it? But we villainize it. Yeah. I had like, I was going to go, I had like this other thought that came to mind and I just lost it with this but whatever I'll think of something it'll come back it'll come back yeah but I think like um I don't know I I was so that was some of the things that I wanted to run by you because I feel like it's not all bad it's not all good it's somewhere in between and they're creating these arguments where they're trying to polarize people right it's just blanket right it's just white or black for them yeah and sometimes it is gray like it's not it doesn't have to be because you do this it means that it's not you, that simple. What do you think about some of the red pill stuff going around? I can't stand the whole fucking movement. I'm so over it. You like, have a I'm, lot of those people here. There's so many. Uh, and I like the <laughs> this people. This becoming the hot I know. Spot. I like the people, um, but I kind of hate the content. I, I don't like, because it's just so general. They make so many generalizations that I just, I flat out just disagree with. Those fucking fresh and fit guys, I can't fucking stand them. Like, it's just crazy to they me. Were like here, they're, they were here. And I heard that they were really like, um, yeah. I talked to two of the women that were on it and they were, they felt pretty disrespected. Yeah, I'm sure. Me. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he was just teeing off on one of those girls. Um, I forgot her name, but, uh, you know, like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get the, and like, and at the end of the day, like, who the fuck are you? Like, who are these guys? Like, it's just weird. I just feel like they come across as disgruntled in most cases mm-hmm. uh, or many cases, like disgruntled, frustrated, like you didn't get laid in fucking high school and college, uh, whatever. And you you got past your own ugly duckling stage and you made some money and you got a little power and clout because you made some money. Yeah. And now you're just teeing off on girls and you're you're being a hater. Uh, it's like you're, you're out for revenge for the girls that wronged you, uh, at a young age or whatever. It's how I feel like they come across. I I feel like it kind of reads that way too. I think that they're giving advice through a a place of pain. Do you, do you think that these guys have ever been in love? Probably. And they, or they, they, I, I think. You know, again, it goes back to, it's probably been every scenario, right? They probably have, some have been cheated on. They had their heart broken and now they're lashing out. It's like the equivalent of lashing out. Some maybe never got the girl they always wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and it wasn't until, look, I did stand up comedy for 10 years. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. From, from the time I was 22 to 31. Okay. Um, do you have any idea how many times, so I would work, you know, obviously I worked in like Las Vegas a lot. Like I would open for like Tom Jones and Paul Anka and Engelbert. These people are on the living or dead segment of Jeopardy that your, your parents would know who they are. Uh, you're too young. But um, obviously I opened for my dad for many years is how I started. And um, I can't tell you how many times I went like in the 90s and before social media, before any of that, you know how many times I would be 
in the venue that I'm going to be doing stand-up in, before the show starts, I'm the opening act, before the show starts, I'm at the bar getting a Coke or whatever before I go out on stage or a bottle of water, and then I'm going to literally walk back to, through the backstage door and then walk on stage and do my set. Do you know how many times I would try to strike up a conversation with a girl or two girls or whatever at the bar? They want nothing to do with me. And then I go do my set, mm. and then after the show, they're up my ass. Like, Man. I can't even tell you because women sometimes are attracted to what? Confidence, humor, money, status, power perceived status. power yeah. or mm -hmm. power, right? Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until they see, oh, 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 you're the comedian. Okay. And then after, now you'll talk to me. Like, but Dude, that would put a chip on my, that would put a chip on my shoulder if I was a guy. Like, right. But I, I get it. I also get it. That's all, it's that's the flip side of us being attracted to little waist, big fake tits, pretty face, right? I guess there's it's an the exchange. same thing. Yeah, it's just your brain makes it different. Like your brain makes like we think that's okay. You know, it's like it's like the the argument. Like how many girls will get mad if you say. You know, if a guy were to say, like, I only like blondes, or I only like brunettes, or I only like girls with big tits, or yeah. I only like this, or whatever it is. I like only like fitness girls, right? Mm -hmm. Some girls take offense to that, but those those same girls will sit there and go, if you said, would you date a guy that's five six? They go, no. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, there there isn't a difference actually, and the and and I agree with you. Like it, it like it is the same, and I think it is harder for women to take honest feedback. Mm -hmm. I think that it's something that um, men men are exposed to that I think their whole life. I think that it's they're heard you know they're told the truth. They they people don't really sugarcoat things. They're like this is how it is. This is what it takes to be a man da, 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 da. whereas women are there's more under most circumstances there's more finesse and a more like catering to your emotions. Mm -hmm. You're the queen, you know, kind of kind of thing right. and and that can present with entitlement later on if you're not like very emotionally developed or intelligent, you know. Yeah. But there is a big imbalance in that that I think plays into some of these power dynamics. Right. And if you don't correct that, that result is fresh and fit. Right. You know, where yeah. they're now building resentment and bitterness right. and they're operating from that place. Because, yeah, I agree. And for every girl that they complain about, you know, the whole, what do you bring to the table? Yeah. You know, a girl's got to bring more than looks to the table. You know, if I'm, you know, at this part of my life or whatever. <laughs> um, but there, the flip side is for every girl that does is exactly what they're claiming, right? There's another girl that is supporting a broke guy. Thank Th you. There's another girl that's su supporting a guy that has no drive. He plays video games all day. He doesn't really work. He's 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 a fuck up. He's just getting high all the time. Yeah. Whatever the rap sheet of shit is that comes with his life that she's tolerating and supporting. I literally just got off the phone last night. I I had a, a like a 40 minute conversation in front of a girl uh, in front of Vanessa um, with a girl that I've known for since 1996 uh -huh. and she, I hadn't talked to her in ages. Literally, I don't think I've talked to her on the phone in my life. Mm -hmm. She used to tan at a tanning salon that I owned in Branson, Missouri in the 90s. And she sent me a, a message on Facebook. I hadn't heard from her in a long time. And she says, hey, um, I broke up with a guy that I've been seeing for two years and you know him. And I, I'm like, I'm like, I just need some, I was hoping I could get some reassurance from you because you know the guy. And I was like, this the was- Reassurance about what? The, did she make the right decision oh, to break up? Oh, she wanted counsel. Right, Got right. it, okay. And I was like, 
I haven't talked to this girl in ages. That's and I was so like, weird. I was like, who's the friend? And she's like, I don't want to say. I'm like, you got to, I, I can't help if I don't know all the info. Like I was, I was like, I'm like your lawyer. You got to tell me everything. <laughs> if I'm going to get you out of this, I got to know all the details. Yeah, right. Okay. So she tells me who it is. And I'm like, oh my God, him. I'm like, you've been dating him. And she's like, yeah, you know, we dated like 25 years ago. And then we started dating a couple years ago. And I just broke things off. And what do you think? And here's the things that were bothering me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's him. The stuff that's bothering you is like, that's not going to change. That's him. That's always mm -hmm. been him. He's a great guy, but sometimes he's, he's a little weird, like awkward, whatever. Not even like a bad, I don't even mean treating the girl bad. I just mean like, he's a weird dude to deal with sometimes, yeah. you know, he's just, some people got issues, right? Yeah. Um, and just, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just interesting to me that, you know, that, 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 she literally has taken care of him, has foot the bill. She's super successful, super successful, like, you know, $2 million house, like mm -hmm. fancy cars, you know, she's divorced, got kids, whatever. But like she did well in the divorce, but she also crushes it in her profession. Mm -hmm. And um, she basically has supported this guy on and off for a couple yeah. years. Like there are, there's plenty of those in there and she's smoking hot. So this isn't like fat girl that can't get anything yeah. better. This is none of this. This is like, if I showed you her picture, I'll show you offline. Yeah. If I show you her picture, you'd be like, wait, she's been putting up with what? Like there's, so that's where those, the, like the fresh and fit and the, just the red pill community boils my blood because like for every scenario you guys are saying exists, the opposite exists. It does. That's all I'm saying. So I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And so one of their arguments is, you know, hypergamy, right? They say, well, women only mate either at their equal or above their equal. And I'm like, have y'all been in Vegas? Yeah, no way. Because I know a lot of girls out here taking care of their dude. And not only are they the primary financial provider, but they also do the majority of the house housework and child rearing, you oh, know, and totally. they tack that on. And it's like, and they're with guys that aren't necessarily, you know, bringing in as much financially. We, we yeah. know countless so girls many. on OnlyFans so many. that are doing anywhere from 50 to 100 to even half a million even, dollars a month. Even the girls doing like bottle service and stuff like that. Totally. A lot of, a lot of them are out earning it's, their partners. They make so much. It's hard to, you know, right. and that's the other thing is like these guys also like, man, I don't, I, I mean, I know those like fresh and fit guys are crushing it. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, debating whether or not they make what, what they claim they make or whatever. But like, a lot of these guys, they're also still on fake it till you make it highway, man. Like, come on, let's cut the shit. Like, you can get, just because you get on a microphone and you want to preach, you know, that you're this, that, and the other, doesn't mean you really are. You're just on a microphone saying that you are. I mean, I know a lot of those guys, too, in this town that, you know, they portray that, and that's, that's fine. I get it. Look, I owned a PR firm for 10 years. After I did comedy, I owned a PR firm for 10 years. I'm the king of take 50% the truth, 50% bullshit, slam it together, and go sell it. That okay. is what you do in public relations. Okay. That is PR, okay. right? Hype. I'm a hype man for brands, for companies, for people, right? So I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's take it down to earth though. And like, come on, like, you know, it's, it's hard for most people to make six figures a year. Mm -hmm. 
If you make six figures, I know like, I think I've heard Sartain say like the, if you make, what is it? 400 and something thousand, you're in the top, like one, one percent, whatever. Yeah. But you make a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if you go through your phone, that's still the majority. Like that's still more than I think. Like what's totally. The, what's the average? Is it forty? I don't. I don't. I, think I don't it's even like know. Forty or fifty. But I just know, like, if you go through your phone and you start asking, or if, if you either know just because you know your yeah. friends, you go through everyone in your phone. How many people make over one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year? Ten grand a month. It's not as many. It's not that many. Mm-hmm. It's not like the majority of your phone is doing that. Yeah. Right. And then like the next step is maybe two. 50 and then half a million and then a million like you don't have too many people that you know making a million dollars that aren't famous no not not at all right or half a million i think i think that there is a level of probably fake it till you make it because they're trying to sell you a program sure right and they're and i get it and that doesn't make them bad people but like come on let's like if you're gonna you know they they want to do both they want to play fake it till you make it and then throw stones at the hot girls for be, and, and making demonizing them for doing what they're doing. It's like, fuck you. Like they're making more than you stop. It, like you can't, yeah, you can't. It, I exactly, you know, I, and part of me kind of like has this thought too, where I'm like, you know, you see, you, you see them and they're real uh, committed to uh, what they're preaching and they're, very predictable once you've seen one video you've kind of seen them all i'm not hearing i kind of wonder what the point is honestly actually like i don't even know what the point is like i don't know why people are even still participating in this because it goes nowhere you're just going around a table and you're like you lose value as you age you do this nobody's gonna want you because you have kids da 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 podcast is done like what are we trying to do right are you just trying to get dudes laid or are you just trying to find them love like what's going on but at the end of the day I really feel like those men are going to want to have a partner. And I feel like most men want somebody that they can have an actual relationship with. Sex only satisfies you for so long. And then it gets boring Mm -hmm. after a period of time. You can only bang so many hot girls before you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I kind of want something with more substance. And I think that that we are wired for human relationships, most of them. And it's like, if we could fast forward their life, I'm like, what if one of them actually had something really like, God forbid, but like, what if something actually happened to one of them where they weren't able to reap as much income? And now they've surrounded themselves with a flock of women that have only been attracted to them because of hypergamy. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Exactly. And there's a part of them that I think knows that. Yep. Hey, when I first moved here, I basically was starting over because I came from LA. I, uh, I, so I did stand up for 10 years, had the PR firm for 10 years. And then when the economy tanked in like whatever, oh, seven, oh eight, whatever, we kind of winded the PR firm down. Um, and then I was in like the mobile and like the tech space. I didn't like it for like five years. And then I started Action Junkies podcast uh, seven years ago. And so oh when I... Oh my God, has it been seven years? Yeah, Jesus. For, the, for the podcast, yeah. Wow. So when I first moved here, I told... So I used to get... So my bread and butter while I started the podcast... So that was all I was doing. And then I would get like random consulting gigs for like PR strategy, um, you know, marketing consulting, that kind of stuff, entertainment, you know, based, you know, consulting a new vodka brand wants to get connected to celebrities like I can help, you know, things like that. So I told Vanessa, I was like, look, I'm really I want to go. She was working at wet, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like her first or second season at wet. And I'm like, look. Because I wanted her, you know, the, I want to do, I didn't want to be fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've like, 
I've had a million dollars in my bank account before and I've gone fucking broke and then I've built it back up and then gone broke. Like I've started over three fucking times. Like yeah. it is what it is. You know, I'm a fucking serial entrepreneur. I've never had a boss since I'm fucking 22 years old and I eat what I kill and there's good money. And I told Vanessa, like, look, like, I don't want you to think cause we're 21 years apart. You know, she was 20 six when I met her or 25 mm -hmm. when I met her and I was 46 mm -hmm. and I'll be 53 next month. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I said, look, like, I don't want you to think dating me. Cause this was, when I was getting to know her. And I don't really know what she's all about yet. You know? And I was like, I was upfront. I was like, look, I don't want you to think dating me cause I'm 20 years older means you're stepping into like a guy that's worth fucking $10 million, $5 million, whatever. Like not there. Why did you say that to her? Because, um, I wanted to be up front cause I, I knew I liked her off the jump yes. as corny as that sounds. No, like I doesn't. sound like the guy I used to make fun of. No, like, I think people know right away, John. So yeah. What you're saying really resonates yeah. with me. Cause I'm like, they know, you yeah. know right away. And when it's yeah. real, it happens pretty yeah. quick. I, I mean, think. basically I went to go eat. I went with a female friend. I, I, I flew to Vegas. So I was when living in LA and I used to come, I play a lot of poker and blackjack. I'm a degenerate gambler. So, um, I would I've come seen, here. I've seen a little yeah, bit yeah. of your hair. So I would come here a lot. Like I would come here like, you know, New Year's, uh, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. But then also, because it's Wednesday, um, you know, I would, I would come here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I posted one time when I came in two weeks before the Super Bowl. This is back in 2017. Two weeks before the Super Bowl, I come in to play like in a poker tournament. And so on Instagram, I post like, ah, home again, you know, whatever, Vegas airport, whatever. Yeah. This girl that I've known for like 20 years hits me up and like, I'm like her. So I'm, I'm unofficially a male version of you. I just didn't go to school for everything. But for whatever reason, people that in my loop, in my circle gravitate yeah. to me like for advice, yeah. whatever, you know, counseling, I can therapy, see that. whatever. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so this girl that I've known for like 20 years hits me up. And I'm like, oh my God, you're in Vegas. I, I you know, I got it. She, uh, she can't pick a good guy to save her life. This girl, I've known her 20 years at, the, at that point. Now it's 25 years, whatever, 27 years. Um, so I'm like, oh my God, I can't, like I just stepped off the plane. Like I can't do this. I can't hear your fucking drama. Like it's the same every week. Like no matter yeah. what, I can't get you to change no matter what, like, what are we doing? So I'm like, look, I'm starving. I just landed. You, can you, are you hungry? She's like, I already ate. Cause it was like already like nine o'clock at night or something. And I'm like, just, can you meet me at the, I was staying at the hard rock. Well, what's now virgin, but hard rock mm -hmm. back then. I was like, can you meet me at the hard rock steakhouse? And like, just fucking you, I'll eat you talk and we'll, we'll chop it up, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So she meets me over there and Vanessa is working at the steakhouse. She wasn't working at White Republic yet. She was working mm -hmm. at rehab in the summer, mm -hmm. the, their pool party yes, at hard yeah. rock. And then the steakhouse in the winter. Mm -hmm. And this is February now, right? Super mm -hmm. week, two weeks before Super Bowl. So, or January, I should say mid January. So Vanessa seats us and I'm like drooling. And this girl's, <laughs> this girl it was a, she was a dancer. So she like, she went both ways. She like girls and guys, you know? Sure. So we're both like drooling over Vanessa <laughs> and Vanessa's wearing like this short black skirt and just looks like Vanessa, you know? Yeah. And, um, and we were both like, oh my God. And you know, I'm like, I'm claiming that like, like you stay the fuck away, you know, cause she's hot, my friend, you know, I'm like, no, I don't need you running interference yeah. here. Like I get shot number one, you know, uh -huh. if I burn, you can, you can, if I crash and burn, you can take a shot. So, um, uh, it, it didn't work out. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, I hesitated so long to, mm -hmm. to go talk to Vanessa that I decided to go, uh, she, she was working as the host hostess. So I go to the bathroom, which is like on the opposite side of the host stand. I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I don't need to go. I'm just act like I go to the bathroom on the way back. I'll talk to her on the way back. And by the time I did all that, it was already 10 o'clock. So she clocked out because they close at 10. Oh my God. So right then I was like, okay, in two weeks, I know I'm coming back for Super Bowl. Okay. Um, we're eating the, um, my, with my whole crew, we're coming to this restaurant Friday night. 
so I can see this chick, you know? So I tell everyone, I come back two weeks later, I tell everyone, hey, don't make dinner plans Friday. Like I take it to all the dinner, you know, so it's like eight people. Um, I was with like, Lace, do you know Lacey K. Summers? Like I was with her. She's like 12 so, million no. on Instagram, whatever. Like her and her, her boyfriend, Chad, okay. and then my buddy, Jake Ellenberger, UFC fighter. Okay. So we all go into this restaurant and, uh, or before, uh, so I'm walking, um, I'm walking to the gym from my hotel room the day before. And I see, I have to walk by the restaurant and Vanessa's in there, but they're not open yet. Mm -hmm. And I see her, um, just like, you know, folded napkin, whatever she's doing pre-shift, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's just like the, the switch, like, 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 yep, that's the one. It was like, that was the one. Like when I saw her two weeks earlier, I was like, yep, this is the one. And I was like, anti, I've never been married. No kids. I know that's probably red flag, red flag, but I, I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. I've said it since high school. It's not a red flag because like, I think the way people frame it is a red flag, but what, this is what I'm talking about. When I think connection, what you're describing is connection. You're not talking about attraction. It was something bigger than that. And I think that we have this intuition or this kind of wiring where we're designed to recognize our counterpart. Right. Yeah. And it was kind of like this automatic thing where you knew. And I think that that happens. Yeah. It's rare. It's so rare. But when it happens, you know. I used to make fun of people when they would tell me oh the second i saw him i knew i'd be like yeah. oh my god stop like well, for stop most, it for most people the second you see somebody it's less but yeah that happens that story is really like that's beautiful because yeah. i think that that is a good when when people ask me what connection is like it starts like that it's fast yeah you know sometimes it's not always the right timing yeah but it, it, it's like this yeah. this unwavering familiarity this unwavering confidence where you're like that's it. Yeah. And there, and it, none of it makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. So I wanted, so when I started talking to her, I wanted, um, uh, I wanted her to like, uh, you know, I figured the hurdles I need to jump over are going to be my, the age gap. Once I, once she finds out how old I am. Okay. Right. And then that I don't want kids. Cause most women, you know, she's 26. Like most women, obviously they want kids if mm-hmm. they haven't had them yet. So I'm like, those are the two big hurdles. And then if there's hurdle number three, it's going to be like, you know, so the trade would be, and I think it's a fair trade in most cases is like, if a younger girl is going to date an older guy, she wants a guy that is like, got it. I don't want to, I mean, I had my shit together, but I don't want to say I didn't, but like, you know, I wasn't, I'm not private jet life. I'm not that, you know, like I'm not, I'm not Lamborghinis in the garage and I'm not, you know, a house here in a house in Aspen and a house in Hawaii. Like, sure. right. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm rebuilding again, yeah. you know? Uh, so I just wanted to be completely upfront and tell her like, here's my life. Like I do business consulting now. And like, that means I can make $40,000 a month. And sometimes I go shoot blanks for two months. Like it just depends. And sometimes, you know what I mean? It's like on on any given day, I could come through the fucking front door and go, I just signed a $25,000 a month client. Like that. You know why, you know why you led with that? Like why that was so important for you is because you were looking for something real. Right. And you were like, you were just like, and I, and I love, I love your approach because you're like, I'm so many people are afraid to have those conversations initially because, and I'm like, but don't, because they don't scare off the right person. Like when you like those things can be scary, right? That I don't want the kids. And sometimes my finances are hit and miss. Like those would be things that I think most guys would steer away from. Totally. And then I have a, a, the, do you know who my dad is? I do. Yeah. So, so, you know, for those listening and don't know, like my dad's Tony Orlando, he's a pretty famous singer in the seventies, had a TV show, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he didn't write any of those songs. So if you don't write the songs, 
you're not looking at millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Now, most of the artists artists today don't write the songs either, but what they've learned by people like my dad who came before them is you need to split publishing mm. with the songwriter. So meaning if you're Taylor Swift and a songwriter comes to you and says, hey, I wrote you this smash hit, Taylor will interject her. I think this should be, oh, baby, baby right here. Oh, so, so that she, she gets, now all of a sudden she gets writing credit and you're splitting the publishing 50-50. And it, it, they understand, the writer understands because the flip side is like, I'm not, because the artist goes, if you're Justin Bieber or whoever, I'm not singing your fucking song unless we split the publishing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. What's more important? Like you well, need them both to make the sandwich. Exactly, right? I love that. So, so they split it. Um, but in my dad's era, they did, there were songwriters and then there was just like singers, you know, and he was more singer, you know? Um, so he didn't write any of those songs like Billy Joel did or Neil Diamond back in the day. So that means my dad's not sitting on a hundred, 200, $300 million like Beyonce or whoever, you know, any of those other people that have written their stuff or gotten the publishing. So I also don't want, once I know, I know like, okay, once she finds out who my dad is, even though she's not going to, she's too young, but like her parents, whatever, I don't want people doing the math that I call, you know, I call it doing yeah. the math incorrectly. Cause like you think, oh, so because it's my dad, that means I'm a trust fund baby. I'm not like, that's mm -hmm. not, that's not the way it is. Like, yeah. you know, it'd be great, but <laughs> <laughs> not the way it is. You know, it's not the reality. So I'm very upfront, like, you know, or at least you were looking for something, right? right. You were looking for love. And yeah. like you, you led that very fearlessly, yeah. which I think a lot of men would be very intimidated yeah. by, but the, and so, like, so, so, so sorry. So, so back to the, the point you made is like, you know, when it comes to the girls that take care of the guys or whatever. So I said to her, I said, look, when I first moved here, I was like, this is like me starting over. Mm -hmm. I want to take these consulting gigs, but I'll do it. But I don't want to, I'll, I'm willing to do it. But like, if it's up to me, like, I think I can create something big, eventually have a studio, you know, build out a podcast network, whatever. But like, that means that's going to mean some lean months. Cause like action junkies was pretty good for like 10 grand a month mm -hmm. since I've started like mm -hmm. with sponsors and stuff. Um, but 10 grand a month, isn't going to get hacked a lifestyle that like, well, I didn't know her. I didn't know she was, you know. I didn't realize down to earth from Modesto and all that shit. So I don't know. Like all I know is you're smoking fucking hot and I'm, <laughs> my brain's warped for, I just did, you know, my whole life in LA and that's not going to fly yeah. in a, with the LA girls most right there. I am now I'm stereotyping. Well, no, but, like, like it, it is true. I would say like most probably right. wouldn't. And that we have that same thing here, but what you and I are saying is that it's not everything. And of there course, are plenty right. of people that aren't right. But when you have those experiences right. like in LA right. where they are, it's natural right. for somebody to, yeah. it's natural for somebody to make the assumption. But yeah. the thing is, is that you worked with it. You right. didn't just stop there no. and say, Oh, and, all girls are like, like this. No, you were still like, yeah. you still had to have a level of openness to yeah. even entertain it. And yeah. that's, that's the thing that makes the difference. You know, yep. you weren't shut down and you weren't bitter and jaded. You were right. like, you were still hopeful and you're, you still went into it with a level of vulnerability right? and yeah. transparency. And, and, and I said to her like, look, I can take these consulting gigs and I can keep us like where you wouldn't even need to work, you know, like I can get those gigs, but I'm a hamster that can't get off the wheel at that point. Like mm -hmm. that's not building something that I can then sell. I want to, I really want to build up, you know, it's what I've been trying to do my whole life. I started with like, well, comedy, throw that out. But like with the PR firm, I, that didn't lead to an exit, right? The, the, the mobile app development company and the tech company that didn't lead to an exit. At one point I owned an online poker site. Six months later, they made online poker illegal in the United States. Oh that didn't God. lead to an exit. All I did was lose 
was $1.2 million. Oh like, or also known as everything. Um, so, you know, I was like, that's the game I'm in is I want to build to an exit and I have yet to do that. So I always say like I've hit singles and doubles my whole life. Right. But I need to get a hold of a hit one over the wall. And now at like 53, like this plan backfires big time. If I don't hit one over the wall, like I'm committed, I will hit one over the wall, you know? And so I said to her, like, look, like, I, in a perfect world, like you got to carry the load a little bit. You have to carry the load. I was thinking like six months to a year. It took me 18 months. Mm -hmm. It was the longest I've gone without closing like what I would call a major deal Mm -hmm. in my life. 18 fucking months, a year and a half of Vanessa carrying the load fresh off of, she actually was uh, divorced. Mm. Um, She married a high school sweetheart. Uh, So she had just was going through a divorce when I met her. And, um, you know, she carried the load. So, like, I know the kind of person he is. she is. That's why, like, when, when you know, people try to stereotype oh, bottle service girls, whatever, and all these girls, they just want money. I'm like, dude, you don't even know. And, like, you know, sure, yeah. that d- might exist with some, but not with the one I got. Like, no, and, and like, I, like, these, it's understandable why people would think that because mm-hmm. it is, it is common for people to kind of experience that. But if you don't, if you don't heal from, your wounds from having dealt with people like that, you yeah. wouldn't be able to recognize somebody that's not like that. Totally. Yeah, I agree. And you'll, you could miss something really, really beautiful. That's why I, I think agree. healing's so important. Yeah. But yeah. And had- I learned my lesson long ago at a young age. Like, um, I had a buddy li- literally yesterday called me and he said, Hey, man, he lives not in this state, but his new girlfriend is a bottle service girl in the city that he's in, in a, in a nightclub. And he was like, how do you deal with it? Like mm. guys hitting on her. I'm like, you mean like guys hitting on her at work? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, get that out of your head. Like, stop, like stop right now. Don't be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, do not, like, if you're grilling her, like how many guys flirted with you? Who asked you for your phone number? Like, stop doing That'll that. That'll be the thing that kills You'll it, push right? her right out the door. Yep. Stop. Like she's coming back to you. So until she fucks up, hopefully she never does. Don't sweat it. Don't yeah. give her the third degree. Don't put her on the witness stand when she comes home. Just know she's getting hit on long before she was working bottle service, buddy. Mm-hmm. She's getting hit on, on tra- in traffic. She was getting, I'm like, I said to him, I said, have you ever in your life been in traffic, saw a, gir- a, a girl draw, make a right turn, you were planning on going straight, and you make a quick lane change, and, and, and that's what you do in the old days before social media, and you pull up next to her in traffic, roll down your window, and you'd shoot your shot right there in traffic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you did that. Mm-hmm. So it, don't think that no one else is doing that to her. Even today, of course, guys are hitting on her wherever they go. Guys hit on you wherever you go, right? Oh, Yoga yeah. store, like, Starbucks, it like, it nothing's matter. off limits. No, no, Valet parking, wherever you are. Uh, look, I know. Like, I dread it, honestly. Right. Because, like, it, it, like, I know. I use... <sighs> I hope my neighbor doesn't watch this. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I uh like I I have to be really mindful of that, and that's not to toot my own horn. That's really just a, an experience that sure. most women have. Like, but when I before Liam and I were living together, I was living by myself, and my neighbor I knew fancied me, and right. he had a partner. But you know that doesn't matter a lot of times. Yeah. And I remember having to orchestrate when I would take my trash can out yeah. because I did not want to run into him because yeah. it would be it was always something. You know, you don't even want to ask for help because that's always attached to something when you're a woman, even even your male friends. There's usually a point where they have tried at some point. And that doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't. Like, and and when I say these things, I'm not saying good, bad, right or wrong. I'm just saying that it happens. That's reality. 
it is the reality and it's a place that you have to respond to. Yeah. Like, it, you, like when you have somebody that does, you know, what Vanessa does and even what Liam does, right? Like, right. Because they do, the, I mean, they're kind of in the same, you know, 100%. field to some degree. You do have to have like, I, I agree with you because if you berate yeah. And if you question or give them the third degree, right. that's going to be the thing that right. causes the most damage. And you're putting them, you're going to put them into a, into a box where they can't even be honest with you because you've shown you can't handle the truth. So yeah. even if someone did hit on them, whatever, they're not going to tell you anymore because you've gone fucking berserk in giving them the third degree. So you're yeah. literally going to force them to lie to you. Because they're just, at, oh, it gets to a point, they're like, they're over it. Were you always that kind of confident? I know, or is no, it so like, that's what I was saying. I learned okay. my lesson. In my 20s, I was fucking, I was never really controlling. Okay. I, yeah, but certainly jealous, certainly a little insecure. So, you know, every girlfriend I had, uh, you know, first three girlfriends ended up cheating on me. Mm. Um, but I was young, you know, you're 16, 18. Of course they do. Like, this, this happens when they're young. You know, mm. it's not everyone, but, you know, it happens, you know. It's common um, when right. you're younger, figuring you know, things and, out. Um, and, uh, and I was with the food groups that are always getting, you know, they're models, they're actresses, and I'm living in L.A., and it's like they're doing love scenes with, you know, rehearsing. Like, what do you, of course, what do you think is going to happen? You know, yeah. if you put the cheese in front of the mouse enough times, the mouse yeah. eats the cheese. It just is what it is, you know. Um, but I learned my lesson. Like, you cannot be jealous. You can't because it just leads to no good. It just leads to if they're going to do whatever they're going to do regardless so it sounds like acceptance was the thing that you do you kind of just like released it yeah is what really kind of gave you freedom yeah and not, and i went not. through a hate women phase okay for sure were you a little red pilly <laughs> i wasn't red pilly but i was i was uh I was like a lone wolf, just like <laughs> fucking, you know, like, uh, you know, I used to say, I'm like, I'm single, I'm single, okay. you know, um, just because I had a girl just annihilate me in mm. 98, I was 28 and slept with two of my so-called friends. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, while her sister lived in, with us in a condo that I owned in Missouri. So you in were Missouri, helping her family out as helping well. Helping her sister who had a kid. Her, her sister uh, was a nurse. And emergency room nurse, so it's very stressful, you know, because you're dealing with stab and yeah. gunshot wounds every yeah. day. It's like you're just seeing the just trauma, you know. And the, to the point where the sister almost took her own life. And oh, uh, no. and I said, look, why don't you just have her? At the time, I owned a tanning salon in Missouri, and I owned a gym. And uh, and I said, uh, we need like childcare at the gym. Why don't we just hire her? She can run the childcare and work the front desk and have childcare there. The kid can go to work with her. And it's win-win and I'll pay her, you know, this is back in whatever, 1998. Uh, and, and so we paid, I don't remember what I paid her. Like what, I matched whatever her salary was as being a nurse where I probably would have paid for that job that I would have paid half probably. Mm -hmm. But I was like, let's keep her at the same income, yeah. you know, no big deal, whatever. And did that. And, and yeah, it was just a, I got my heart like s broken, smashed, like fucking annihilated. How did you come back from that? Uh, like, how do you like, like, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like people get really stuck in and yeah. changes the game. And that's why yeah. I feel like it, it, it might have made me a bad person for a little while. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't date anyone for like two years. OK, you were just anti relationships after that. Yeah, I was anti women oh, like okay. i don't mean you know, but i mean I like it. i just yeah. was like not interested like yeah. i just like I, like what am i gonna do now yeah. like, i gotta get my life together like what's going on you know and i was just focused on stand-up and then um and then started dating and then i kind of went through like a really wild like crazy fucking dating phase like just like not a good 
that yeah. guy, like to probably every, everything you hate, um, <laughs> you know, um, for, for a while. Uh, just because I was like, my, all my experiences is with girls was just like broken heart, broken heart. And I used to say like, I can't, I'll never check into heartbreak hotel again. Mm. And I'm not going to put myself in a position to check into heartbreak hotel, which means I'm just going to be like a fucking assassin. Yeah. I'm not fucking, you know, savage. yeah, I'm just going to be a savage and just whatever. Well, what changed that though um, for you? Like, um, how did you, because this is where I feel like a lot of men get stuck because that, like we've all gone through periods of heartbreak, but not a lot of, some people I say can get married to their pain Right. where it now becomes a point where they stop growing and, and yeah. they can't move past their pain. Yeah. But you, like if we fast forward to the example you gave earlier with Vanessa, you were so vulnerable yeah. and so open and actually optimistic. Now, th- how did you go from that to that? So it's kind of crazy. I mean, so I went off the, com- I completely went off the rails in all parts of life. Okay. Um, so I never drank in high school. I never did drugs. I've, I never, uh, nothing all through high school, all through college, nothing nothing completely sober just wow. i mean i had like maybe some sips of alcohol and i just honestly hated the taste okay like I, it just never was my thing you know um and gambling was my vice so i tripled down on gambling and i uh i did when i was 30 i tried ecstasy mm-hmm. uh and um back then they call it ecstasy and, and it's now it's molly or you know i guess uh, but yeah. whatever um Amazing little pill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing little pill. Okay. Uh, and so I had a nice little relationship with that pill. Okay. Um, for, uh, you know, started off like I was, again, living in LA and I would come to Vegas like on the weekends. And so I'd party like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I'd end up coming in early, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then before I know it, I was, I'm not kidding you. I was living in Mandalay Bay 30 days a month Dang. from gambling. And then... Uh, 30 days was like the most they would give you a comp back then at least or me uh, and so then I would go over to the hard rock for 30 days and then Mandalay hard rock 30 day, for literally almost a year wow. blew through a fuck ton of money like half a million dollars cash mm-hmm. um, so by the time I turned so when I turned 30 I was doing really well I had a condo in mm-hmm. Branson uh, I had a Mercedes CLK uh, uh, 55 which was like the Cool AMG Mercedes back okay. then. I had a BMW M3, uh, and uh, and uh, by the time I turned 31, I didn't have the condo anymore. I got foreclosed on. Uh, the Mercedes got repoed. I had to sell the BMW, and I owed the mob in Atlantic City. The mob? Yeah, about Damn. 50k. I feel like we need another show for that story. Yeah. Okay. So I was fucked up. Okay. And then I had lost. Like I remember my dad used to be like, you're so skinny. Like you lose so much weight. And I used to say like fat people tell you who, that you're too skinny. That's it. Only fat people tell you that. And, uh, I, I, um, so like I weigh 175 now. I just lost like 35 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, um, on keto. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then I weighed like 165. So I was 10 pounds less than I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the, when I turned 30, I weighed 165. By the time I turned 31, I weighed 145, Whoa. which is what I graduated high school at. Whoa. And um, I owed money to the mob. I was really fucking depressed. Yeah. Suicidal. Thought about jumping off the roof of the Riviera Hotel mm. one night here in Vegas. Well, the Riviera's gone now, but it was a hotel in Vegas uh, where I was doing stand-up. Uh, balling my eyes out on the roof and then luckily didn't do it. Um, and... Uh, 
got my shit together or was trying to get my shit together. And then three, I'm born September 8th. So this was like Labor Day. And then a week later was September 11th. And I lost two friends uh, in September 11th, uh, both in the first tower. And um, a guy and a girl that I knew. And um, I remember I got out of the show. I, I happened to, I, back then I used to wake up at like 12 noon or one o'clock. I'd be up to four or five o'clock in the morning. For whatever reason, I popped up out of bed at like 7.30 and I turned on, I was flipping channels. It was on every channel. The, and uh, the, the first tower just got hit and I watched tower two get hit live. You know, and I was like, oh my God, you know, and I knew, you know, that crumbled. Like, I, you know, assuming that they were both in the, you know, at the time I didn't know for sure, but, you know, I was like, oh my God, like two friends just died just now. Like, this is crazy. Uh, and I took a shower and I got out of the shower and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, you're too fucking skinny. And I was like, where have I gone? Like, I was just like partying like a fucking lunatic, just, and just taking that pill, nothing else. Um, and uh, 911 or 911 was my wake up call. Wow. As corny as that sounds, like that it really was my wake up call. And I was like, dude, get your fucking shit together. Like, what are you doing? Like self-talk, you know? Yeah. And I got my shit together and climbed out of the hole and got, got the mob thing sorted out. I mean, I had a guy put a gun to my head in Atlantic City trying to collect. I had a high speed chase in L.A. I, mean, I had some, went through some fucking crazy shit. That's insane. And, uh, yeah. I feel and like then, they can make a movie out of this. Yeah, it's, it's actually I'm, movies out of. Uh, I actually have a writer that we're working on yeah. on, a, on a, maybe actually a Netflix series. Oh my god, that'd yeah. be so interesting. Because I have some crazy fucking gambling stories. I mean, crazy, good and bad. You know. I that's. I mean, I'm. I'm I talked not, a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like, please, please don't. Because I think that this is. Look, this. I'm actually really glad that it went in that direction and that that you shared that because I think. Look, I think. This kind of stuff is really hard for guys to talk about or open up. Yeah. You're very you're very open and you're very yeah. very like secure with how you process things emotionally and you're really transparent about that and that's really rare I think for a lot of men. The Thank fact you. that you talked about a, a struggle with uh, mental health, uh, trouble with the law, like those yeah. kinds of things, like that I think it would be really hidden where it's just like you just got to kind of buck up and do it yeah. but just even talking about the thought of taking your own life and, and yeah. what that was like, like I, I'm sure a lot of people can really relate to that. A lot of men can really relate to that. Yeah. And I'm really, one, I'm really sorry that you went through that, but I think that was so important for you to say. I love that you said, yeah. And a hundred percent to that point, I always say like 1998 was the year that she ripped my heart out. Yeah. Right. And then 2000 to 2001 was the year that was like up and down. And I always say like 2000, uh, to 2001 was the best year of my life and the worst year of my life at the same time. But had I not gone through all that, none of this would be here today. I mean, I don't know what would be going on, what my scenario well, would me, be. Let me say this about that because when I when I hear people, I, you have to give yourself more credit than that, okay? Because when I hear people say things like, you know, everything happens for a reason, I don't believe that it does uh -huh. at all. What I will say is this, See, that would have crushed some people, mm -hmm. but it didn't crush you. And that is all you, John. You know, mm. that is something like there's there's resiliency is something that I, I, I can see in that that you have. And you either have that or you don't. Yeah. See, not everybody bounces back from something like that. And see, your framework will be, well, what was my choice? Well, you had a lot of other options. Yeah. But you chose to walk through the fire. Yeah. And you chose to heal and you chose to do the hard stuff. Mental health is really hard for men to open up and express. Yeah. And um, 
talking about feelings, talking about heartbreak, uh, talking about those pain parts of your life is something that I feel like most men really shut down about. So I think that this went in exactly where it was supposed to go, mm. you know? Yeah. And I'm glad that you shared that. And I hope, I hope, I, I know, I know people are going to be able to connect to that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's see. So I think, and I was actually going to try to steer it a little bit of that too. Like men, like, because you're very vulnerable and you're very open. Yeah. Well, which, I think that comes from stand up too, right? I mean, you put I yourself so, out there on right? stage and it's just you and this fucking microphone and I heard, a bunch of strangers. Tell me if this is true, John, because I heard like all comedy comes from pain. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that. I had a really weird, it's funny. I was talking about this yesterday. Um, uh, I, I had a really weird stand up career because I, I started at the top because mm -hmm. of my dad. So I started by opening for my dad. So the first time I ever oh. did stand up, like most people start at open mic night. Like yeah. if you're in LA, you go to the comedy store, you stand in line, you get your trying, you know, you get two to three minutes. Uh, and, and you just do that for years, you know, at least a year, you know, um, open mic nights, then you get a little feature spot, you know, and you, you just build up slowly and you build up your material to from two minutes, two to three minutes to five minutes to seven minutes to 10 minutes to 15 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour is like the goal. Right. And then a special, an HBO special, or now it would yeah. be a Netflix special. Right. Um, first night I ever did stand up 2000 people opening night at my dad's theater in Branson, Missouri in the audience is entertainment tonight there to Ooh. shoot the show. So do a little feature on me Pressure. and him, Bill Cosby. I know that's probably a bad word to say now, but back in the, <laughs> back, back in then the it was, back it was not a, it wasn't the B knew. word. Uh, but you know, Norman Brokaw, who was the chairman of the board of the William Morris agency, which is now WME, who actually is the largest talent agency and owns the UFC. Uh, you know, Bobby Vinton, old time singer, Andy Williams, old time singer, Mel T uh, Tillis, old time singer, you know, uh, not to mention my, all my family, some friends, and I had to do five minutes. And I, I procrastinated and didn't write my material until literally the night before, um, not out of laziness, but fear, yeah. like just, it's scary. It's oh, like scary, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I was, I did my five minutes in two minutes talking so fast, yeah. sweating like a pig, uh, absolutely awful, um, awful, yeah. awful, awful, uh, and did that twice a day, six days a week was the Branson schedule. Sundays off. Um, so two shows a day, six days a week. I did that for years, you know, seven years with my dad. And, you know, after the first, you know, year, I got better and better and better. And then I started opening for like an opening act for like Tom Jones and Dionne Warwick and uh, Faith Hill when she first came out and, you know, mm -hmm. people like that. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't do that gig and not be vulnerable. But back to your original question about pain, because I started with my dad, and because I started the audience was, I think that the stat was like, there's 2000 people in the audience. Um, one out of a hundred people, one out of every hundred is under the age of 65. Wow. So I never felt like I was even me on stage. I always felt like I was a, an actor playing a comedian on stage. So you kind of disconnected a little bit? Well, I, the material was not me. So you didn't really, you didn't get the whole goal for standup is let the audience get to know you. Yeah. Right. You feel like, you know, Kevin Hart, you know, uh, Joe Rogan, you right. know, you know, name your comedian that you love. You feel like, you know, them through the material. My material was so generic, squeaky clean. I'm not squeaky clean. I'm an mm -hmm. F bomb guy. Well, but it, I can't be 
cursing up a storm uh, in Branson, you know, and, and I, what am I gonna do? Tell jokes about my dad. That felt weird. <laughs> like, you know, like he's there, like that just felt awkward. Yeah. So like the material is very generic traveling and you know, whatever. Like it was just very like, like, like I literally felt like I was playing a comedian in a movie. Mm. So um, I didn't get to pull from any of the pain. And I really didn't have, at the, to that point, to be honest, I really didn't have too much pain. I mean, I grew up with a fucking silver spoon in my mouth. I mean, my dad was famous. So I had a great childhood. Like, I know a lot of kids of celebrities have, like, a, a sob story or whatever. I don't have any fucking sob story. Like, yeah, my parents got divorced when I was young, but it wasn't really a big deal. Like, and that's not why I didn't ever see me getting married. Like, it, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I mean, I grew up taking limos to Dodger games. Like, I had a great fucking childhood. Like, I had a great fucking life. Like, I had no complaints. So... I didn't really have pain to choose from, to draw from. Yeah. It wasn't until, it's funny, like I've even thought about maybe take another round two at stand up. Like that's a big commitment though. But like now I think it would be different. Like now I've got stuff to say and now I have a, a voice and now I have different things. That's why I got into podcasting because I was like, I didn't want to do stand up. You know, I, I did, I got sidetracked. My goal in life was to be a baseball player. That didn't, I didn't work hard enough to do that. And then my fallback was comedian and then transition to an actor. Mm -hmm. um, but I hated the business. I hated uh, the business of acting, like going on auditions. Like I was fearless, obviously. I didn't have any fear getting in front of a bunch of people on a microphone mm -hmm. and trying to make them laugh, good or bad. I can handle silence. I can handle booze. I can handle getting heckled. I'm all good. You ask me to sit at this table with three guys wearing suits and read three lines of dialogue. Really? I'm fucking shaking. What is the difference? I don't know. Because it's not that? my words. It's someone else. Okay. And 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 it's like the, you know what it is. I bet I, it's because you don't you don't feel authentic. I don't feel I authentic, and I don't is. feel like I have control. Stand up. Yeah. I have control. Mm. I say what I want to say here. I got to read these lines and like, it's like to three people, like, you know, at least, you know, if there's 2000 people in the audience, if you're batting 500, you know, if you're, if, yeah. if only 50% like you, a thousand people laughing in a room, you're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here at this table, three people in suits, you know, if half of them don't like me, I'm fucked. Like, it's, like that's a hard thing to yeah. do. Like, I have a lot of respect for actors. That's a tough yeah. gig. I mean, to just kind of open yourself up to be judged like that. But but at the same time, anytime you do something that's in the public eye, like pop, like yeah. podcasting, yeah. you're opening yourself up to that criticism. I think you have to have some really like tough skin. You yeah. Know? Have you ever gotten like any kind of feedback or criticism from doing podcasting or something like that that really like... Not, not about the podcast. Um, it's weird. I'm in a good spot. It's like, I'm, I'm not, the show does well mm -hmm. money wise, not really like eyeballs wise. I mean, obviously it's not, you should never compare anything to Joe Rogan, but like, I'm not, you know, we've been in the top hundred we've been, been in the top, uh, 20 mm -hmm. for like, you know, it's, it tricks the algorithm. It's like, so like when Dana White came out, we were number one in our category in sports and entertainment, number one for like a week. Um, so that's cool. But that doesn't mean we have the same listeners as like the number two podcast probably has 10 times the listeners we have, mm -hmm. but we were number one that week. Cause it's just based on the algorithm. Got it's it. just based on, yeah. Oh, this is trending really yeah. is all those charts mean. Okay. So, um, so I don't get too much, Hey, I'm able to make a great living but I'm still under the radar. Like people don't know me like now lately, like because I had Dana on and Grant Cardone last year, like if I get a UFC fight, like I get strangers coming up to me, you know, Hey, I love the show, whatever, but it's rare. Like, but if I'm in a casino or something, nobody fucking knows who I am. And that's cool. Like I'm, I'm not complaining. So it's kind of cool. So I don't get hate for that. 
Where I get hate is the jealous guys that are mad that I have Vanessa. Mm. So I get. How do you get that kind of hate? Do they they DM like Instagram? me. Instagram. They yeah. DM me like so, but like I had a hair transplant like a couple years ago. I don't know yeah. if you, so, you remember I, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like I was getting before that like guys, and this wasn't why I went and did that. I've been wanting to do it, but um, you know, guys would send me like you're fucking bald and <laughs> whatever. Like guys are ruthless. Like yeah. or they send them to her. Oh really? That fucking drives me nuts like that's like fuck man like fuck yeah. these guys like you know they'll send you know, oh, your fat boyfriend or whatever and I wasn't really fat but you know well they're just saying that to get a reaction right out of you. It does, like, but when I watched a David White interview I was definitely yeah. had a fat little face there. <laughs> oh my fuck God. that I think you're too but, hard on yourself you know, but you know um, it just is what it is like with the haters yeah. you know but I've also had a lot of guys that were like Vanessa's followers that send me like, bro, thanks for posting a thing about the hair transplant. Like, what's the guy's name? Yeah. Like, how is it? Like, I've got a lot of those guys, like her followers that became like my like Instagram friends, you know, just because from. I the, feel like you would get way more love than you would hate. Yeah. Like you're, like you're always going to have haters, right? Yeah. Because like, it doesn't even make it true. It's just some people have agendas. Like if their agenda is to get her, like they're not going to say anything nice about you. It doesn't even mean that they believe it though. Right. Well, right. Wait. They're just, And a lot of times you, I, I forget like. You don't know, like some of these guys, because it's usually zero followers, no yeah. posts. These might be 14 years old, these kids. They like you forget be. that part too. Yeah. Like they might be 16. They could just be bored. I had a group of three guys last year DM me. I, I made a comment on a UFC post about a fighter, about Jake Paul. Mm. And these guys fucking lit me up. You don't know what you're talking about. And da-da-da. I was basically saying Jake Paul is not a boxer and like he'll never beat a boxer, but he might beat some... Reti you know, retired or old MMA guys, sure. UFC fighters, but yeah. I promise you he'll never beat a legit boxer. Okay. And he has yet to do that. And the only one he did, time he did lose was his last fight, Tommy Fury, was a real boxer and he lost. So I was right. Okay. Um, so it was right before that fight. And these guys for sent me, you know how you can name a, a, a group chat on yeah. Instagram? Yeah. So it was like death to Orlando or oh. something fucking like, <laughs> what so the fuck? Creepy. And these guys were sending me fucking hate, all three of them. Ew. And I was like, so, and I'm like, I'm not a look for trouble, but I was like, no problem. Here's the address of the studio. You want to have this conversation in person? All three of you are welcome to come on by. And See, that's such a good way to handle it. And it, it is what it is. And yeah. I'm prepared to do whatever the fuck, however I, fucking aggressive you want to be with me in person. Yeah. No problem. Do you think that, I don't think that they were probably expecting that you would have called their bluff. So then, so then one of them was like, I'm in Vegas now. I'm at Caesars. I'm like, great. I'll send you an Uber. <laughs> come on over. You know, and he's like, you come here. And I was like, you're not really here, whatever. So anyway, yeah. we were going back and forth, back and forth. And then I don't remember what flipped it, but they said something to me. And I was like, and I, I we started talking about UFC and they, I think what happened was, I know what happened. They started looking. So they went from seeing my comment to now they sent me a DM, but now they decided, well, who is this guy? So they started looking at my posts. Mm. So they see me with Dana White, me with Adam Sandler, me with like Russell Peters, me with Vanessa. Them. So then they would change their tune. They were like, so basically they were like, oh fuck, like A, this yeah. guy might be cool and B, like fuck, this guy like knows a lot of, like fuck, like mm -hmm. who are we picking on? Yeah. And it literally turned in the, literally in the group chat to like, bro, how did you do this? How did you get that? And then on, now, a lot of guys like me would have been like, go fuck yourself, block. I answered all the questions, uh, you know, and, and they were like, oh, you're a multimillionaire. That's how you have the girl. And I was like, nope, let me explain. So I told them a little story about Vanessa. And, I was, and they're like, 
Now I'm legit friends with these fucking. They're all in high John, school. These fucking did brats. You, why did you invest? Vanessa in that? cracks. Vanessa's like, what are you doing? I just, just how I am. I don't know. Yeah. I don't but know. I think, I think that that. I think a lot of people can learn from that yeah. actually because you didn't take it personally. Yeah. Here's what I saw you do that was really really good. You 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 did not take it personally. You were able to kind of separate the fact that this was more them than you. And what was re really interesting is you diffused the power and you weren't even trying to. Yeah. You were just like, okay, like I'm not going to match anger with anger. If you want to show up, here you go. Fine. Right. And you really, and that really kind of stole the thunder. Like if you would have like hyped it up with them, it would have grown. But because you didn't feed into that and you're like, look, put your money where your mouth is. And then, you know, then they became a little bit more open or a little bit like, you know, and then they ask you a question and you're nice. You yeah. respond with like love and yeah. kindness. Like, yeah, they were like, how'd you get the one you on your gonna... podcast? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? And I'm just answering the questions, talking. And they're like, we want to start a podcast. I want to do this. Do I you wanna... know how like rare that is though? Because not a lot of people are going to show you negativity and get love back. And yeah. that's a really powerful thing that you were able to do there. So yeah. that's probably why a lot of people like you, John. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I know we're kind of coming. Uh, I think we went a little over, but uh, that's okay. Oh, I'm, getting, right. I'm yeah. getting, look how good I'm getting at this before I couldn't even get to an hour and now I'm right. like going way over. Right. Um, there you go. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't get to an I hour couldn't, before. Like, John, my first one, I like died inside. I but was that's like, okay. I went we were at like 30 minutes and I was like, well, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was literally 30 minutes. That's okay though. It's all yeah, right. and Do it's you like, like it? I do like it. Yeah. Like I have to get, I have to, I still have to get, there's a lot that I have to learn still. Yeah. Um, no, you're doing great. But you're I good. love it. I love yeah. it. Well, look, I want to, I want to kind of close with maybe like a final thought or something like that. And, yeah. you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about masculinity, red pill. You've obviously shared some mental health stuff, but do you have any kind of like final thoughts, any, any kind of message you want to leave the viewers or anything? Yeah. Like that? I mean, like if, if like, as it relates to red pill stuff, like anything or just, you want, it like, doesn't have to be related. All right. To that well, a little bit red pill, whatever. I, I just think like, I think everyone's complicated everything. Like mm. it's as simple as like, just fucking be nice to people. And if you're in the dating world and you're single and you're trying to meet someone, you will meet someone. It's just, it's, it's not where you live. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it, there is quality out there. Maybe your experience has been, you haven't met the quality you're looking for yet, but you will. It takes time. Like it's, it's the world's a big place and you meet someone when you least likely expect it, right? Like I wasn't looking for it. I didn't want, listen, my buddy, London Thomas, um, he used to host Political Junkies for us, and we're bringing it back. He's a DJ. He lives in Atlanta. He's one of my best friends. Two weeks before I met Vanessa, he says to me, bro, I'm worried about you. I'm like, why? What's up? This is on the phone. He's like, man, you haven't had a girlfriend. Like, I get it. You always say you like being single and all this, but like, bro, you haven't had like a relationship, like a real relationship in like five years. Like, or more. Like, bro, like, come on. I literally go, dude, I'm good. I'm all good. I like being alone. Well, this is literally two weeks before I meet Vanessa, okay? And so he does, at the time, he was doing all the Fox movie premieres. So Fox had a movie coming out. He does the premiere. So he would come stay with me at, at my place downtown. Like, he had a key and everything. I literally, like, open door. Like, just show up, dude. You don't have to worry. You don't have to alert me, whatever. Like, here's your key. Like, come in, you know, whenever you want. So he comes in one day. I didn't know he's coming. I'm like, oh, hey. And I'm literally suitcase in hand. I'm on my way here to go see Vanessa. And he's like, bro, where are you going? I'm like, Vegas. He's like, when are you coming back? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe uh, like three or four days, maybe five days. He's like, what do you mean? You don't know. I'm like, I don't know. See how it goes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see this girl. And he's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. He's like, 
wait, but it's like serious. I'm like, yep. And he's, he's like, wait, you just said two weeks ago. I'm like, yep. Throw that all out. I gotta go. I don't have time to this right now. I can't talk to you right now. I gotta go. Yeah. I mean, so you never know when you're going to meet someone and, and just, I would like stay away from those fucking stereotypes. Don't fucking put girls in a box because they dress like this. Doesn't mean that because they work here. Doesn't mean this. It's, it's, it's all things are on the table. Yes. A stripper might be a whore outside of the strip club. And you know what? She also just might be fucking doing what she's got to do to provide for her two kids because her fucking uh, Mm -hmm. ex-husband or whatever was a deadbeat. Or whatever the scenario is, you can't just stereotype and just sit there and go, because you wear this means you're a slut. Or because you do... Like, none of that is true. Mm -hmm. There may be cases where that's true. And for every case where it's true, there's another case where it's not. So go find the other case. I love that. Well, I want to I wanna kind of also say this. Like, it's all around you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do the work, you won't be able to see it when it is there. You'll excuse it. You'll minimize it. Or you'll try to protect yourself and block it. And, John, you've clearly been through hell and back. I appreciate you sharing um, your story. I think a lot of, I I think that that was definitely something that I'd like to spend more time on, on the show for sure. Um, But I appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency. I think a lot of uh, men need to hear from somebody like you um, and just how open you are and, you know, and how it worked for you. And so thank you for being here and thank you for doing this. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Pink Pill and we'll see you next time.